and you're listening. And you're listening. You're listening to Salmon. 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 To Salmon Fest Radio. That's right. This is the very first edition of Salmon Fest Radio. We're your hosts, Dave Applin. And Satchel Pondolfino. During this hour-long listening experience, we hope to transport you down the Kenai Peninsula to the salmon landscape of Nanilchik, Alaska the ancestral homelands of the Dina'ina people and the spawning grounds of Salmon Fest, Alaska's biggest music festival. During these strange times, when we can't gather for live musical experiences, we hope to bring the spirit of Salmon Fest to you. Over the last nine years, we've gathered together the first weekend in August at Nanilchik to share music, to share food, fun, and information about salmon. During that time, we've brought together some remarkable musical talent, Bands from all over the country, all over the world, and around our backyard. And that's what this show is all about. Sharing that feeling of Salmon Fest and also connecting our audience, our listener, you, our listener, with uh, the issues that we need to pay attention around Salmon. Hey, Satchel, during last year's Salmon Fest, you had a little side project going on backstage, didn't you? I did. I had a really special mission of gathering content for this Salmon Fest radio project. And we sort of executed that mission by setting up a really comfortable, alluring space for musicians and artists and speakers to hang out at in between their sets on stage. But it really ended up being a place where artists sort of realized that this festival was more than just their average music festival and a place where they understood that there were people here working to make sure that they use their platform to talk a little bit about salmon and tell us more about why they care about Alaska. I'm very excited to be able to take that information and those voices and incorporate it with live music that we've collected during the festival and with interviews with other folks outside the festival our salmon champions. Our salmon champions. And there's always salmon champions at Salmon Fest that get on the stage in between each set and let the audience know why we're here and how they can help protect our salmon landscapes in Alaska. Um, and we were able to sit down with them too at Salmon Fest and we're excited to incorporate them into our show. And moving forward, we'll do more interviews with people at home in front of their Zoom screen or telephone so we can continue to freshen that information stream. We can bring you stories that keep you up to date on what's happening in the world of salmon. This hour, we're listening to Diggin' Dirt. They're interviewed by my friend Brett Krenzlock, and we're excited to give you a little taste of their persona backstage. There's a you know small group of us that have been together jamming for years. We met in college. We all went to Humboldt State University. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and stuff kind of kept snowballing and we kept running with it and so we've been in this formation which is the band uh -huh. for almost three years now cranking and uh, you know the show goes on and we're loving every bit of it and so this is you guys second year here in Alaska right Yep. Yeah, yeah. honored, to be, back. honored uh -huh. to be back. Yeah, I guess they like us or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you guys have uh, any any plans while you're here? Like, yeah, you're like any goals? Like, you're like, I got to do this thing. There's uh, a fishing trip. I think we. Yeah, there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I kayak down the glacial river. Let's do that. Cool. <laughs> that's not dangerous at all. That's yeah, <laughs> good, safe, safe, fun. We've got like a bunch kind of tossed in the air right now. We're gonna yeah. figure out which one lands. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. trying to get out in the water. River, ocean, I think. Yeah. Yeah, go catch some fish, maybe. Well, I mean, I absolutely. If you, especially if you're like, yeah. you know, down on the Kenai Peninsula, like catching fish is an absolute must. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Like it. Uh -huh. yeah. Where we're from, Humboldt County is a very natural and, you know, a real outdoorsy community. So, I mean, all this opportunity up here is, yeah, it's all exciting to us. We yeah. want to do it all, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Satchel, let's take a break from the interview and go around front and listen to Digging Dirt from the Ocean Stage. 
Now let's hear from Dick and Dirk. I want to see if like back in uh, where you guys are from, are you involved in any kind of like environmental work down there? Like any issues that you guys have going on? So naturally in California. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually a graduate student studying wildlife biology. Cool. Uh, but as a band and, and really our community is, uh, you know, they're really mindful of uh, our watersheds, our ecology. There's a lot of efforts and in you particular, know, we've been, yeah. we've been, sorry to cut you No, off, go but, ahead. Uh, we've been working a little bit with like salmon conservation efforts. Oh, uh, really? Well, like supplying them with music at their fundraisers. Yeah, and we give them funk. That's the thing uh, that we can <laughs> offer a little bit. And um, yeah, we've, we've been working with uh, members of the Karuk Indians that they live on the, uh, the headwaters of the Trinity. Klamath. The Klamath, sorry, uh, out in Orleans, California. So, and and there's a huge salmon thing happening right now because the drought in California has affected those tributaries where the salmon lay their eggs and have their have their thing. So it's just been throwing their population out of whack, and uh, it's a huge food source to the native people up in those mountains. So we we made friends with them and uh, some of their elders and. Um, yeah, and it, we, we, it like strikes a chord with us uh, with the things that y'all are trying to do up here, probably on a much larger scale. Yeah, big it's time. a much larger place. And yeah, we don't have a salmon festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, don't, we don't quite have, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Small <laughs> salmon fundraisers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. yeah, a whole festival that gears towards that kind of effort is just really special. And so we're, yeah, again, honored to just be a part of this one. Absolutely. Yeah. What are your main like concerns for the environment, especially like where you guys live and like for the world at large? Our state is on fire. Yeah, we went out to uh, Chico mm -hmm. this last summer and it was it was right after the, the Paradise, California incident, which right. is very, very close by. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you're touring around California, as we are, we really get to see what our state is going through and uh, you know scientists are saying that some of these fires may be the the real first vestige of consequence yeah to our lack of mm -hmm. of care and uh the the rising you know global temperature it's also like the droughts and also yeah, the die-offs so, and also the right it's there's so many things and and our communities on the coast mm -hmm. uh in humboldt there so our oceans are Definitely of huge concern to us right now. The rising acidity of the ocean, mm -hmm. everything, you know. It's just, uh, yeah, Arteta just developed a contingency plan for when the uh, ocean levels rise and how they're going to change the mm -hmm. town to deal with that. Yeah, we are at zero elevation on the coast. And right. Yeah. So it's a big concern, concern for us. It's, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I mean, it's amazing a lot of the, the challenges that are like, especially here in Alaska, we, a lot of our coastal communities suffer from the same thing where shoreline erosion is eroding these communities, you know, like super fast because in the winter, they usually have ice that builds up around them because it's really loose ground, but now there's no sea ice in the Bering Sea and just getting, just getting pummeled by the ocean. Rough, right? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear you guys have that same, same thing along the same lines yeah. down right. there, you know? Yeah. We yeah. Have, I think the biggest thing we share is this connection with our ocean. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> both of our homes. And salmon. Yeah, and, and totally the same. Like, we have yeah. uh, six major river systems in our, mm -hmm. in our one county. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, it's definitely on our mind. Yeah, sure. it resonates with us yeah. for sure. 
You know, those guys just came to play. They were always ready to go. They were moving on stage. And that outfit, that orange outfit. Yeah, they just walked straight out of the 70s. And they were so fun to talk to and easy. And they knew what we were here to do and why we're doing it. And really loved that they just came here with heart and were meeting us where we're at and bringing a little bit of California with them. Right foot step together. 
You don't hear that in Alaska. We know what you're going through. We know. Y'all keep stepping. Y'all take care of one another. That's all I got <laughs> on that. <laughs> Are y'all hungry?
Hey, Satchel, I think it's time to migrate to a feature we're calling Salmon Champions. What should our listeners know about this segment? Well, at Salmon Fest, Cook and Lick Keeper and various other nonprofits that support Salmon Fest really try to make sure that we have people who are immersed in salmon systems on the stage in between every musical act, reminding the audience that salmon and people are deeply connected and giving the audience avenues to protect the salmon systems we have here in Alaska. Those people, I think, are what make Salmon Fest truly unique and truly special, and we want to highlight those people on this show as well. Yeah, this segment will be talking to people who spend their whole lives with salmon in one capacity or another. Well, you certainly have hundreds or thousands of people to choose from, people that are dedicating their lives to taking care of this sustainable resource. Who did you choose to talk to today? Today, uh, we're talking to Georgie Heverly. She has been on the stages of Salmon Fest speaking about her connection to salmon many times. She's a commercial fisherwoman in the Cook Inlet region, and she is an amazing advocate for sustainable salmon management and uses her voice powerfully. Awesome. And how did you make this recording? So we recorded over, over Zoom. It wasn't as intimate as I would have liked, but it was still great to connect with her. Awesome. Well, in this time of social distancing, it was very appropriate. I'm looking forward to it. So let's meet Georgie. Let's meet Georgie. Georgie is a young commercial fisherwoman. I'm just really in awe of the lifestyle. She's a drifter in the Cook Inlet fishery. Over the years, Georgie has become a strong advocate for sustainable and equitable salmon management. 
it's like no other experience to be on the water and pick a salmon out of the net and then provide that as real quality food product to people. And that connection from water to the plate, it's really cool to see. And to be out there with my dad and do that with him as a father and daughter, that is the most enriching experience I've ever had in my life. But the fishing in Cook Inlet has changed over time. The population of South Central Alaska has steadily increased. Management of the fisheries has changed to accommodate that growing population. And the opportunities that her dad had to sustain their family are less certain. Looking back to my childhood and how steady and strong the fishery was in Cook Inlet and watching it change over the years, truthfully, the commercial fishery, I've watched it become more and more restricted. It is a very politically motivated fishing region of Alaska. It's difficult to, you know, season after season face restrictions that wax and wane depending on our state administration and who is appointed to a Department of Fish and Game. That frustration and love for commercial fishing is what drove Georgie to get more involved with those management decisions. When I saw that there weren't a lot of people advocating I kind of made the decision that I had to do so myself. It's been a real challenge, but also really fulfilling in the sense that it's a public process. You can really insert yourself and have a voice. She recently attended a long Board of Fish meeting. So at the beginning of February, Upper Cook Inlet was up in the cycle, and it was a two-week long meeting one of my colleagues out of Homer, she and I were pretty active in the process, and I'd say we were the youngest voice in the room. We definitely made an impact. We came to that meeting with the message that we want to reach out, we want to collaborate, and we can't keep making decisions that wedge a divide between all of us. And I really do hope in the future that we can find this balance and you know, create equitable harvest opportunity for all of us. So yeah, it is a process really dominated by some older guys, but you know, we, we did our best to show up and represent you know, female fishermen, young fishermen, because it would just break my heart to see this fishery decline to the point that we're really forced out and it's hit elimination. I asked Georgie what that experience was like, if she felt isolated as the new voice in the room. And what she would say to other young fishermen and women who might not know how to engage with the management process that affects their fishery. It was, I mean, for decades now, there's some established groups in the Cook Inlet region that have been affecting policy and participating in these meetings. That generation is much older now. And there were not a lot of young folks in the room. I'd say that it was surprising to me when I started kind of diving into this policy realm as to how accessible the leadership of the Department of Fish and Game was, how willing they are to meet with younger fishermen. We have a really different perspective and a different voice from the older generation, and they seem really willing to hear that. So I think just reaching out to the biologists, the area managers of your fishing region, the commissioner and his staff, the staff in the commercial fisheries division, you know, reaching out, they'll answer your questions. I've called them before. They call me back. I've asked for meetings and those meetings happen quickly. And so I think just taking that step, sending an email, making a phone call and just sitting down and starting a dialogue with the department 
department and other members of your fishery, it's so important and it goes a really long way. And once you put your face out there, your face is recognized again and people are really grateful and inspired and show a lot of support when you do so. And, you know, there's there are young fishermen out there other than just a few. So, I mean, kind of banding together and, and doing this as a group and showing unity, that's really powerful as well. In December 2020, the North Pacific Management Council made a decision to close nearly half of all Cook Inlet fishing grounds in the Upper Cook Inlet region. The message remains the same. We have to insert our voices in decision-making spaces to protect what we love. Georgie and many other commercial fishermen are hoping for a legislative fix and are asking our federal Alaskan representatives to reverse this decision. Thanks, Satchel. That's right. Staying involved is important all the time especially now. But you know what? Activism can be a seriously good time too. So in that spirit, we're going to dance on over to our next segment called Jammin' for Salmon. Where we'll hear from Salmon Fest bands recorded live on the stages of Salmon Fest. Transdermal celebration
celebration. Jets flew information. I could see them. They were dropping like crustaceans, leaving trails of flames in their way. Oh, and where is the mutation that had told me I was safe? I can't find him. Lay on the lawn, he's already home in the morning rain hits his face. You just heard from one of my favorite fast picking new grass bands, the Kitchen Dwellers. Up next, we're hearing from an Alaskan local, Ava Earl. Then, California's Rainbow Girls. And finishing with a tune by the Ratfish Wranglers with a special appearance from Horns We Already Know. Kamala, you see more than you know. Kamala, teach me what a man should do. You know I can't feel a thing, I just want you to say so. Kamala, you'll come back to my arms somehow. I'm not a man, I'm just a boy, and I don't know quite what I want, but I've got a plan. It's filled with tons of tiny dots on a map on the road. Boy, you bore who bears my 
listening all day and it sounds great and you guys know how to make a performer feel good <laughs> what would you like to do my dear you have enough salmon and tequila one. anyone will feel great <laughs> all right we're gonna play you a new song yeah this song is called compassion to the nth degree i just want to let you know right now our band is called rainbow girls our album is called american dream and i'm and you're welcome, we're gonna sing about politics. <laughs> but I think you guys are gonna agree with this. You're at a music festival, so we have that in common. But uh, this song, it's about, uh, <laughs> it's inspired by family politics. I wrote it after getting off the phone with my dad's wife, my stepmom. But, uh, <laughs> but this song is about having compassion for, for all the stepmoms, for all the ticks. You're bad. You're bad. <laughs> for all the mosquitoes, for all the zebra mussels out there. It's about having compassion for everything because we're all living things. We all have moms and dads. We all have hopes and dreams and desires. We all have uh, some sort of common ground, whether we realize that or not. So this is me realizing my common ground. <laughs> I love you like I love white supremacists and people still steal from small businesses I love you like the bully who made fun of me and made me doubt my worth and capability Malware and used car dealerships. I love 
Also for Annie DeFranco, I think she'd like it. <laughs> and I loved her, in a, in, but in a real good way. So we, we've got a few more songs, and there's a couple of people we want to bring up. How many of you saw Diggin' Dirt yesterday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell them, but we stole their horn section. Yeah. Well. <laughs> via Patrick. We bribed them. Our drummer had went to Humboldt with, uh, with these cats, and we said, hey, would you be interested in coming up and playing a little bit of horns because we're feeling kind of horny and we really want to get this thing Whoa. all week, baby, all week. <laughs> and so we got a couple more songs left in us. Uh, we want to bring one up. Uh, we have Tyler and Aaron here with us. Tyler's on the outside. Aaron from Diggin' Dirt. They kicked ass. And you guys are playing tonight, right? Yeah. What time? 6.40. And tomorrow in Homer, so. Can you play a little bit so I can get a signal? Are you ready to get funky? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this uh, Arcada Nanilchik connection. It's so cool. This song is about Ketchikan. It's where the band comes from, K-Town. Catch Can is notorious for some red light district. It's a shout out to all the ladies in the line. Dolly Arthur died in 1975. She was blind. She was all alone. 300 pounds of big bad love. She's just lying there like a stone. In a day, she was thing to behold. She had the lust life out. Pleasures on tone. Oh, yeah. Pleasures on tone. Tell me, Shana, Shana. Hey, hey. 
We're going to wrap up the show hearing from Georgie again, this time about how her inherited connection to salmon has inspired not only her lifestyle, but also her value system. Georgie became part of a community of fisher poets who expressed those salmon values with artistry and heart. Here's Georgie. It's a pretty vast community, really. I wrote a poem about my dad and fishing uh, several years ago. And then through that, I had the opportunity to go to a huge uh, Fisher Poet event in Oregon. And that's where I really saw that from all over the country in the coastal communities of the United States, fishermen express themselves through song, music, storytelling, and poems. What do you think it is about the fishing community that inspires so much creativity? I think, you know, that connection to nature, it's kind of primal. And it's, it's a real privilege to to be out there to have that opportunity to be on the water. I mean, you're so small (laughs) out there. And, you know, your connection to salmon to revere them as really, I believe this central piece of what makes Alaska, Alaska. And I think that that sparks something within you that is hard to express. The outlet you can use is, you know, words, music, art in so many forms. I think that for me, being with my dad, feeling that strong family connection and knowing that I am a piece of this amazing cycle that salmon create as salmon people system and we're all pieces of it. We want to leave you with a poem that Georgie wrote and performed at Salmon Fest. Here she is on the main stage in 2019. Now we are all here this weekend to celebrate salmon, but we are also here to help protect salmon. Now I wanna share the inspiration that I gained with this poem And if you had a chance to stop by the Cook Inlet Keeper booth or at the screen printing workshop today, you saw a beautiful piece of art from a fellow organizer of mine, Jesse Thornton. And I'm gonna try and paint this picture for you. This image is of a woman embracing a salmon, holding it close to her heart. And her hair is swirling all around, enveloping her, and it reads, protect what you love. And now the word protect is incredibly powerful because protect implies that something is under threat. And everyone here knows that our earth is under threat from the effects of climate change. Alaska is under threat. Bristol Bay is under threat from the pebble mine. And so Salmon Fest 2019, I ask you, how do you protect what you love? Whether it's you or it is me, or endless salted seas, or cragged mountain peaks, forests sprawling far to reach, whitecaps breaking on the beach, we protect the land and water that we love. Stars burning blue and white, 
Glowing twilight follows night. Blinding dawn reflects sunlight. Gazing east to starboard right, a blushing orb of warmth and life, we protect the sky we love. And with localized heartbeats, what defines us so complete, the lifeblood underneath, spawning crooked jaws and teeth, providing nutrients beneath, a miraculous cycle on repeat, a resource we must never deplete. We protect the salmon that we love. So whether it's you or it is me or every soul within humanity, what you defend so to be free with a fervor and intensity, but some eyes will never see that one day this earth will die. Boiling oceans, scorched sky, water more synthetic than natural life. Rising levels to new heights from melting packs of polar ice with blackened air, we pay a price. And as storms and gales do surge, all these climates seem to merge. There's a new reality on the verge. And as Earth draws final breath to urge, from present energies diverge. Looking back, could we have turned to still protect what we love? Now that future's yet to come. This path can be undone if we take action for all and not just one. You accelerate change, uniting strong. Think not within, but far beyond to a global community to which you belong. Be it a village or municipality, a public school or university, a city council or local committee, that's the level of change we need to see. Where most effective you will be, whether it's you or it is me, or every soul within humanity, or marine life deep in the sea, or crawling creatures far beneath, or those in flight above the peaks. Protect what you love, and that is this, a home we share in heart and in spirit. Save, defend, and then transmit a dream for what's ahead, a place for children in our stead who'll write a story to be read of those that came before and how we had to fight this war. We never asked to be part of, but we had to, to protect what we did love. Okay, folks, we've run up against the end of our hour, but before we paddle off into the sunset, we want to give a shout-out to the many folks who have helped us along the way. Thanks to Dick and Dirt and Georgie Heverly for joining us today. And thanks to Brett Krenzlock for his excellent interview with Dig and Dirt. Thanks also to KBBI for their amazing guidance. And thanks to Brian Belay and Pastor Tim Christensen for their musical recordings at SalmonFest. And to Cook Inlet Keeper for shepherding this project. And a special thanks to our producer, Kira Hardy, for pulling all the pieces together. And of course, the Salmon Fest team, who worked tirelessly to produce our annual weekend of fun, fish, and music. We're your hosts, Satchel and Dave. And until next time, Spawn on, Alaska! This is Digging Dirt, and you're listening to Salmon Fest Radio!